Hey, y'all. Is it all right for me just to talk to y'all how I really feel right now? How I really feel right now? I mean, right now. I am so grateful to be a person, period. Not just a mother, but a person, period, that'll put other people's needs before myself. Even if it caused me to have less of what I already have. And it's not to be broadcast, but you feel so good that others matter more than you. People's situations could be more intensifying than yours, than mine. And for you to say, you know what, you go right ahead. I'll be all right, I'm good. Without even giving an explanation as to what's going on on your end and for them to feel like, no, it's okay, nah, you're good, go ahead. Me as a single mother, I'm, I'm, let me say something to you guys. I'm not gonna say looks can be deceiving, but I am gonna say, what I'm gonna boldly say, what you see on the outside is because what's on the inside. The beauty you see on the outside is because of the beauty that's within me. Seriously. And many people will say, you have this, you dress fancy, and you have this and that. Not even aware that I put myself low to put my priorities first. I'm not the woman to go to the stores and shop, 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 get my nails done, get my hair done, get my makeup done, thinking about me and my well-being first. Now that is important, but that is not first to me. I will put a scarf on my head for my child or anybody in my home or somebody around me needs before my own. And I thank God because sometimes and I'm not going to lie. It's been many times I see people just spending and splurging. And, and sometimes I'll be like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. But wait a second. Where am I currently? I'm in a great place. I'm in a great place. No one, none of us, neither one of us know what a person is actually going through day to day. Or even behind the four walls of the home. But I know what I do. I know what I say. I know how I live. I know how I feel. I know how I respond. Hallelujah. And there have been times somebody will say, well, you got to take care of yourself. Yes, me taking care of my responsibilities is taking care of myself. I'm not the woman to put myself above anybody or anything I am a mother as a woman of God first I am a mother and that boy gonna come before me no matter what I don't care about what my shoes look like what my clothes look like what anything looks like what I eat or whatever long as this child is good I'm good And I'm glad for people who have it to have for them and their children. And it's times that I do above and beyond. 
And there's times I'm just like, you know what? You can have it all, my child. I'm good. When it comes to anything, something as simple as sharing a lamp. No, you can have it. I make do. When it comes to food, no, you have. I make do. When it comes to the clothes on my back, a place over, you know, a shelter in place, you good. I make do. And God has been blessing me my entire life to make do. I am a child out of three. I am the middle child. And I love my siblings dearly and dearly. But I am the one that won't call you. I would just see it through by giving it over to God. But if I really, really need, I may ask. And that's very, very rare. Like once in a lifetime. Because God has never failed me that I have to go to anybody else other than him. And the reason why I say rarely go to people is if God send me. Because God may send us to someone. And I cannot, as a woman, be caught off with this person doing it. How you getting this done and how you... These hairstyles, God bless me to be creative to do myself. Everything, God blesses me. I know what it's like to give my child the last when I really want. But no, you, you go ahead. You're my responsibility. So as a responsible mother, your needs come before mine, but you don't come before me because you wouldn't be if it wasn't for me. You need me as your guide, as God lead me to lead you the way you should go. And there have been times people compare my life with theirs, my child with theirs. And there have been times I see people Buy their kids the best things. And my son to me, and how he's raised, the best to him is being with me. No matter what occasion, what day, what time, what hour. With me, he is satisfied. Because he already knows everything is okay. He's not the child to say, I wish I had or no. He knows Everything is okay. And there will be people in our path. They will compare their lives with yours. Compare their money with yours. Compare their expenses with yours. But we got to keep our head up. Father, you bless me to always have. If I don't have it, I don't need it. Because you supply all my needs and all my wants. Because you said you're my shepherd and I shall not want. Many of us go out and explore and priorities not even in order and think we're really doing something. But it's that mother, it's that father, it's that sister and that brother that sacrificed their life. Even if you gotta wear a sweatsuit or sacrifice you getting your hair done, long as your kids' hair done. Lord, your kids got clothes. 
Lost your kids got food. As a mother, a true mother indeed, you be alright. Even if it caused you to lie on the floor while your child got a bed. Anyone can be a parent taking care of a child. But being there for a child, being there for a child, that means you put your needs before, you put their needs, excuse me, before yours. And put your needs under theirs. Because they're not old enough to carry that responsibility to take care of their own. And there are people, the enemy trying to sit my way. I got this. I got that. I do this. I do that. And there are many people who assume that Q got it like that. No, Q got God. And my God is just like that. Like what? Good. He always prepare a way. Even when people, you know, around you and I tend to do things even out of spite. I'm trying to tell you. You know what it's like when you got you and your family in your home and you know your family good. Everybody's smiling. You're not where you want to be. But you know you're not in a place where you don't want to be. You're good. It don't matter if you believe in God to pay mortgage or pay electricity bill or put food. You know you're going to make sure your kids got before you do or your neighbor or whoever you attending to or caring for. And I'm so darn proud that I'm that type of woman. I'm not a woman to be trifling. And there have been many times I will beat myself up because I want to have my child to have the best. And God said to me every time, he has more than enough. He has love. He has joy. He has peace. And whatever I put in your hand to do, you do. Now we are, we're not no charity case. Now we're good. Because God is good. But I'm just not that woman that put my knees before anybody. Someone try to lure me to spend, spend, spend. That's all they do. When someone see that you're a woman or a man of integrity and use their wisdom with your spending, it's not because you don't have. It's because you know what to do and what not to do regarding what should you spend. Your money on. My money on. I'm not going to go out here and go shopping and there are things that I need in my home. I'd rather have things in my home and then God put in my hand to go shopping. But shopping is not a priority to me. It's a necessity when it's necessary. I know I look like it. I look like it. Because that's God's super on my natural. Because when I put myself 
under other people's needs, God always exalt me and always will exalt you. So I want to give a high five to the mothers out here, to the fathers out here, to those who care for someone and you put their needs before yours. I'd rather have my home the way it is. Me and my son be together, love each other, pray together, work together. And we both have. Then we have everything else except the communication, the time, the availability for one another. I had so many people come and say, well, I got this and I got that. And let me tell you guys something. I was in a very bad car accident. That God told me to pray immediately. See, he said these exact words. Got hit by a drunk driver on Branch Avenue. Head on collision. Opposite side of the street. The highway. And he admitted that he was smoking and drinking behind the wheel. And he dozed off. And the moment he dozed off. His car was going 70. In a 30-35 mile zone. And it drifted off into the opposite direction of traffic. Which happened to hit our car. And I'm pregnant with my child. Coming from my baby shower. With my mother, my brother, his girlfriend, and my cousin. Who was behind me and she passed away. Behind me. I felt myself, you know, departing my body. And here comes God saying, say in the name of Jesus. And the best way I could, coming in and out. I said in the name of Jesus. And immediately, looking up in the sky. And I see an opening. And the angel descended from the kingdom. So fast like a Tinkerbell. So fast. And landed on the ground and caused the ground to shake spiritually. And I came into two. And ever since then I've been a little shooken up about, you know, being behind the wheel. Me and my mom, we both were. It took us years to be comfortable in the car. Because the injuries that we both had, she was in hospice. The blood transfusions wasn't working for her. So they pretty much said, we need all your family to come up here and pray for you because you're not making it out of here, woman. All kind of family members in the fivefold ministry praying over her. I had no idea. I'm getting attended to my own injuries. Eight months pregnant, five broken ribs, all these things going on. Not even aware my cousin passed away. And that's one heck of a lawsuit that her grandmother said, you know, just let her rest. Because she didn't pass away getting out the car. See, it wasn't an accident that caused her to pass away. It's them rushing her into the helicopter. And they bumped her head. And that gash, that gash, that trauma to the head caused her to depart her body at 12 years old. Now I had all of that on my belt. And they said, do not tell Quenisha that her cousin passed or mother in ICU. There's that one person in the family who people say don't say stuff to because they're going to run their mouth and darn gone that they wasn't right. Ran her mouth. I'm barely fighting for my life. And here you are in my room. You know your cousin, you know our cousin died. What? And immediately Holy Spirit said calm down. Calm down. You got to live. You got to live. Don't panic. Your vital signs going to go up. Holy Spirit was like, calm down. So I stayed calm. 
But I had tubes in my mouth. I couldn't take the news. And you know your mother is in ICU. They said she's not going to make it. What? It's starting to go up. No, come down, come down, come down. I'm in labor. For a whole week. I'm bleeding. And it's not a good sign. Not a good sign. Bleeding like that. Especially if you're not due and you didn't your water. My water never broke. So why am I bleeding? I'm not even dilating. So why am I bleeding? Because of the trauma of the accident, the impact of the accident. And the nurse lied and said, you're not bleeding. I said, I just went to the bathroom the best way I could. I'm bleeding. She said, no, you're not. I said, look at this. What's this on my hand? Oh, it's just, you know, it's just a little bit. I said, tell me the truth. What's going on? Well, your baby might not be responding to the narcotics we're giving you. We had to put you in a machine and give you medicine due to your injuries to numb you. So, you know, we, we care more about you. We care about the baby, but we're doing everything we can to keep you alive and not the fetus more so. Because we don't, we can always, you know, their way of thinking, excuse me, is you can always have more kids, but a kid can never have another parent. So they did everything they could to keep me and not my kid. But my kid was, you know, responding. My son was responding to that. He wasn't, you know, sitting so well with that. The narcotics, it was too much going on in my bloodstream and it goes straight to your baby bloodstream. Not even aware of my mom. And I thank God. You have a call coming in. And I thank God that I did not... I was not able to see my mom because they said that my mom is light-skinned. She was daggone at midnight, blue. Lost so much weight, eyes out her head. She couldn't talk, she couldn't think, she couldn't do nothing. Pins in her foot and everything. And if I saw my mother like that, I probably wouldn't have made it out the hospital myself. And the point I'm making is it wasn't so easy for us to get back behind the wheel. I'm a very nervous driver. Not because I can't drive, because a lot of people don't obey the law behind the wheel. People don't use their signals, people texting and driving. So I'm not comfortable behind the wheel. And I have people say, why are you, you know, you getting drivers and why don't you, you got money, get a car, get a car. Why are you this? You don't know what I've been through. Now I'm healed from it. But I'm still nervous about it. Because I didn't want to get into detail about the testimony. You want to be real about it. I got my license at 16. I'm in my 20s when that happened. I'm not, you know, I'm not that experienced behind the wheel. And in D.C., you don't have to take classes. You can get somebody to sign a paper. Bam, there you go with your, you know, license. I'm not that experienced behind the wheel. And I'm just being honest. I'm a nervous driver. Practice makes perfect. I didn't get that much practice. And even when I was driving, I wasn't obeying the law because I had to drink to feel tipsy, but not to get drunk, but not to be nervous. 
And what sense does that make? To do the same thing the man did to us? To somebody else? Thank God that, that never happened to me. Hallelujah. And people should say all the time, get a car. Why are you this? Why are you walking? Why are you on Metro? Why, why, why? Won't you ask, the, you know, that, not to say how come. Ask why, excuse me. And don't say in a sense as if anything other than what is not. I just want to go here and talk to you guys. Because we don't know what people go through. As to why they do what they do. People shooting people. People molesting people. No, it's not right. But something got to be going on for you to want to even think to do that. Because no one is taught to do that. If you're raised in a home with the right state of mind. And no child grows up saying, I want to be a rapist. I want to be a mass murderer. I want to be a robber. People do crimes out of desperation. Robberies out of desperation. No, it's not right. They're not doing it because they have. So if we out here being motivated how God sent us to be, People will feel that they're not alone. They can relate. Hallelujah. Seriously. I had a moment in the store. And I'm the mother that like Who, what mother wouldn't want to give their child the best? Fathers so ain't buying things. But I thank God. How I raised my child. He's at that point right now, right where he is. And his life gonna always feel like that. Be like that. I have the best. I have a great mom. We talk together, we laugh together. I'm not a mother without mistakes. I'll be lying if I said I am. I yelled at him this morning and I turned around and said, come here, hug me, please. I'm sorry. I got frustrated. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. It's just that you got to, you know, you can express yourself to me without you thinking that, you know, you're being disrespectful. No, you're not talking at me. You're talking with me. Your voice mattered too. He thought if he, you know, give his feedback that he'd be wrong, he'd get in trouble. No, you won't. I never said that. It's okay to say, Mom, but what about this way? Or I think this would be a great idea. Yeah, say it. Don't think you'll get in trouble because you, you know. I gave him a hug right after it. Forgive me, I'm sorry. 
And I thank God out of my mother's children, I am one to, you know, be very independent because I depend on God. That's my independency. I don't call mommy for this, this, this. In fact, it's the opposite. I give mommy everything that I got. But at one point, I, I mean, I had it to really, really give. I mean, I was spoiling my mother. I bought her car and mink coats, all kinds of things. To the point she was like, uh, where my gifts at? <laughs> Hold on, mom. You know, then she realized you're worth more than, you know, what you can give me. Your life is worth more than that. When someone has to talk about what they do for you or complain about it while they're doing it for you or for me, I don't want you to do it. Don't do it. If you got to complain about it, don't do it. I totally understand why some of us, most of us, when someone asks, do you want something, you'd be like, you good, but you may really do, but you know, I'm good. It ain't no need, need. We ain't desperate for it. We can use what we ain't desperate. Because sometimes there's a lot that come along with that. But I want you to know that God has elevated me in that area to put resources in my hand. To put resources in my hand that you don't ever have to feel like that again. Hallelujah. Seriously. I just want to get on here and say this. Because I'm just that woman. That take care of home first. Make sure everything good in the home. Make sure my son good, everything good. Not spending things on me and then realize, oh, I didn't get this for the I didn't get nah, that's first. You know? And actually living that way, it caused me to know the gift things that I really have. I do my own makeup, I do my own hair, I do my own lashes, I do my own eyebrows, I do my own nails, I do my own designing. Hallelujah. It don't matter how much money I have. I still would get more if I have more. Honestly, I'm not going to see and lie. But I would definitely always have the character to put other people before me. I said to my mom today, God going to bless me to have more just to give more. Because I know what it's like to, you know, need that extra push, but don't want to say anything. Out of my whole life, 37 years, I'm not the one that hide my age, 37, and I'm proud. And... The most challenging time that I felt for me, but it was actually setting me up to prosper, is when I was in my car. Everything happened when I married the wrong man. I started losing everything, and I had everything. I started losing everything one by one. 
Sometimes three by threes. But I never lost my character. I never lost my my faith and hope and prayer life unto God. There have been times I got pissed off and even thought I was cussing God out. Man, God, I'm mad, man. You can do anything, man. Why are you letting it go like this? Why you got to be like this? Come on, God. That's why I'm so understanding when it comes to people who feel that way. Because we speak it from a place of not knowing. I'm not the one to forget where God delivered me from. Out of. And I'm not the one to forget what God brought me into. And I was like, it just seems so, my life seems so bad. This man, I mean, honestly, where he come from? But I didn't look at it like that at the time. I just thought we were just going through a tough time because we here we are facing breakthrough. No, God was gaining my attention. I didn't know. So if I didn't know, how many others don't right now? Because you know don't mean they do. You know you are a new creation. They don't. You know who the sun sets free is free indeed. They don't. Obviously, if they're bound. And that's why God had me to be very compassionate. When someone thinks they can speak against people. Uh-uh. Don't you ever forget where you come from. And God had me to literally say that. But not to the person per se, but put it out there for everybody. But if you could grab of that, then grab that. If it applied to you. Because I'm not the one, neither would God either have me or you, to go to anybody and say anything disrespectful. Or anything to have someone to feel worse than how they feel. Because God doesn't set us up to fall, it's to prosper. So if anything that I say or do going to cause you to feel worse or less, he wouldn't have me to say it or you to say it or even do it. And many of us push past that voice of God and do it anyway. And do it anyway. I moved in my place. Many of you don't even know what I'm talking about. But I moved and... It's very beautiful. It's so much better than where I was. But you know, it's like, it's new and I don't know what to do and I'm by myself and my son's at school. I barely watch TV, I'm praying a lot. And then, you know, I don't pray 24 hours, even though I pray throughout the day, but I'm not just sitting there for eight, nine hours. And I felt myself, you know, getting a little you know, needing to be with people. I'm like, I feel a little, I feel lonely. I feel like it's just me. I cannot accept depression because that's behind me. I'm not going back to pick that up. So I got to find things to do because obviously God is gaining my attention by sitting me down right before him if there's nothing else to do. Why not be before him? To hear what he has to say concerning you, concerning me for the next move. 
Hallelujah. And I thank God so much that those days are over. Because I just be so mad at God. And then I'll be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not mad no more. I'm not mad anymore. I'm not mad. I'm sorry for being mad. I'm sorry. Because God knows that I'm not a person to be angry. So if I'm angry at him, oh, you must be really going through. And God, you know, he'll show me grace and mercy. Even outside the will. How many times he protected us outside the will? Protected me. And had me to know he's doing it. And I'm missed to be doing what I know I'm not supposed to do. And he said, I'm sparing you. Now imagine that. You know you're not supposed to do that. Doing it anyway. Here come God. I'm sparing you. You are supposed to survive that, but I'm sparing you. Outside the will, being spared. Because I was angry. I, I, I didn't know what was going on. And people ask me, are you cursed? Because this never happened. Your life is going straight down. I'm like, hold on. Just hold on. <laughs> There's good coming out of this. Because I would never let go. Now, how many others out here with that same cry? I won't let go. Hold on. I might be shooting up this needle, but hold on, God. I might be fornicating, but hold on. I might be committing adultery, but hold on. I might be robbing, I might be murdering, but hold on. I might be lying, I might be stealing, but hold on. Me as a woman, I can't stand stealing. But it was times I went to a store, I would never take from a person in my family or friends or anybody per se, personally. But the store, I felt as if, you know, you're not losing nothing. Per se, but you know, not even knowing the market business, you know what I'm saying? You actually are, but you know what I'm saying? I was like, I'll pay you back. <laughs> I'll pay with my taxes. <laughs> That's all I say. <laughs> I pay with my taxes. <laughs> and I actually convinced myself that I was literally paying with my taxes. Coming out my pay, it's coming out my paycheck. Yun, go to YouTube. Giant not getting my paycheck, <laughs> part of my paycheck. You understand, Walmart not getting part of my paycheck. I ain't gonna put no other stores out there. But it was doing desperation. Like, I didn't want my son to wear, you know, clothes. It was, you know, when you're in a car, not too many things that you can actually really do versus being in a place. So I have to buy out clothes every day. And much as I was feeding him by me starving, I didn't know that I was overfeeding him. He getting big, I'm getting small. I mean, I share this. I didn't want to keep eating, you know, noodles all the time and, you know, things like that. I said, my son gonna get a steak. He's going to get, you know, he's going to feel like he's important too. Let me tell you guys something. Every day my son, oh God, 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 God. Every day he got that school bus, he saw my car waiting there. He saw my car waiting there. My mom here. Because the kids look out and see their parents' car waiting. You know, you know, they feel good. Oh, my parents here. Oh, stop. And I was there. I was like one of the first parents there. I had never, and nowhere else to go. I didn't work, you know, off work early. You know, I'm like, I'm out there. I'm right here. Three hours in the parking spot waiting for you. And I try to get things to have for you when you get in the car. I had, you know, things for you every day. You know? 
and he's like, run to me smiling. I just want to go to the room right now, y'all, and hug myself for real, though, because he went, he went through this with me the whole time. Never complained. Never cried. Never got angry. Because God used me to raise him in the way he should go, yo. And let me tell you something. Raising a child the way they should go don't mean they're not going to make mistakes. Of course. Didn't we? When we raised, you know what I'm saying, pretty decent. I know I made many. My mother told me today, you know, I expected a lot out of you, but you were very sneaky. I said, what? Smoking and drinking? Yeah. At a young age. I said, you make it seem like you say, make it, somehow you were bad. Don't say I was bad. Because I was far from that. Now, what is it that, you know, that you felt that I was troublesome about? You got to pinpoint that. Don't say bad overall. Because I was never a bad kid. Never. And you know that. Because you know I know God. Always have. So what is it? You were sneaky. Yeah, I was. (laughs) But sneaky about what? I wouldn't hurt anybody. Or do anything. Smoking and drinking. And my response, and this was, you know, recently. And my response was, yeah. Because all I knew. I even did it with you at a young age. So, I mean, what do you expect? In the house full of drinking and smoking. That's saying that you have to do it, you know? But it's available. And then on New Year's, my first New Year, when I was 12, we toasted up to Cristal. You know, taking, you know, little shots of Cristal for New Year. You get buzzed, give us a shot, and tell us, you know, get another glass. You thought that it was innocent, but it really wasn't because after that glass, the next day I went to the store to get my own glass. Those cigarettes you left in the ashtray, I picked those butts up and I went outside to go smoke them. I'm not blaming you. But if we as parents watch what we do and you see your child doing the same thing, you can't act as if it just originated from them when they got it from you. Don't say I was a bad kid. No blame, no point, no fingers at anybody because I made that decision and you made your decision. Grew up around drinking. Wasn't even two drinking beer to go to bed. Kids drinking beer in the bottle. Will you expect? Leaving cigarettes lit around. What do you expect to a curious child who see what their parents do? The first time I puffed a cigarette, I was what? Four? Because I, I, I always see them do it. So when they went to the bathroom, I said, let me try it. I was coughing. What's wrong? Nothing. I, I must got a cold. God. Never knew. Still don't know. <laughs> That's why this podcast is not for them. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> God. But seriously, guys. I just thank God. I'm not the one for nobody to a pity party, birthday party, any of that. I always do my own things for myself. And if I had it, I'd throw myself the best birthday jam. 
You always make sure you're good. Yeah, because who else says if I don't? You can't depend on people and if they not don't have it or if they forget, then what? You, you angry? You you know? You dishonored? Some people may forget your birthday. Okay. Don't have it to give on your birthday. Okay. You mad? Or no? Nah? Hallelujah. I thank God that I'm so down to earth. Like, so chill. Things like that don't even, nowhere near can get close to me. Seriously. Seriously. I thank God that I stopped the drinking because I was a cheerful, you know, very cheerful giver when I was drinking. Hey, everybody, everything on me. Ain't nobody say no. Okay. One time they used to call me Santa Claus. Oh, they gonna say Santa Claus coming to town. I'm like, oh God. Go to the store. Let me get two gallons of eighteen hundred. Two gallons. Oh God. How many people? You gotta stop. I'm not a person to do something and throw it in your face. No one made me do that. I did that. I can't say things like, well, you could have stopped me or you know better. You know better. Hallelujah. We can't be people to try to watch someone fall and we know what we're doing. Like send people up to fall and we're aware of it. We can't do that. We can't do that. Like, if you know the answer to something and you ask somebody to see if they're going to tell you the truth or not, you're actually setting them up to fall. So their blood is on your hands. Because you knew what you were doing, even if you try to call someone to lie, like, people had this thing with just dropping money and seeing if somebody's going to be honest about it or giving them more money than they, you know, opposed to, see if they're going to bring it back to the store. And why are you setting people up to fall? And when somebody really wrestling against their flesh, like, I really need this, I really need this, but, you know, I got to give it back. It ain't right. It ain't, but I'm hungry. And you know my kids at home, they begging, but it ain't right. You understand? Innocent blood on our hats. Because you want to play games? Or I want to play games? Nah, see, we ain't doing that. Hallelujah. I think God feels so much better in here. Because earlier I was like, oh, you know, it's kind of dark and I'm in a new place, new space. It's just me. I don't know what to do. Kind of lonely. I want some comfort, some company, you know. But I thank God that I shared that with my mom. She was like, I didn't know you, you know, you feel like that. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I could almost cry on my way home that I don't really want to go home. Oh no, I don't feel like that. You know? It's just that God is positioning us for the new things. You know, used to doing things the old way, and I'm just doing things the old way. Anybody can easily call up old friends. And I got some friends lined up waiting to have a good old time. Q, you funny, you know what I'm saying? We miss a good old laugh. Me don't want to be around you. They love you, 
but not around you as much when you're, you know, on a different path. Because it makes them feel like, you know, when they're not ready to live that path, make them feel guilty. No one wants to feel guilty for what they want to do. So they just avoid you. But they still love you. Come on, somebody. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it a thousand. Let's keep it, period. I went to the store. They got a sale on steaks. It was three T-bones for, what, $15. And I was like, ooh, my son's going to really like this. I'm going to fix him a steak tomorrow. He already ate dinner tonight. I'm going to fix him a steak tomorrow and potatoes and this and that. I think like that with my child. I rather do things like that than let me go to this store. They got shoe sale or they got a sale on purses. I could wear the same purse for the whole year. And trust me, I have done that. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. Long as me and that boy have a great time inside our home. See, the thing is, inside the home, shh, man. And right now, what, how it is is that, you know, he's in his room, I'm in mine. You know, we close our doors, but we come together. Because I want to give him his space, his privacy, you know. He's a teenager. I trust him. Because, you know, his whole life, he's just been under me. You know, and then four years out of that life, we've been like, this place, that place, this place, that place. You know? Always was happy. Always. I love him. He used to always feel like, you know, if I don't get it right, you know, you're going to be mad. No. I used to be like that. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. You better get it right, boy. Get it wrong. Get it right. <laughs> yeah. I'm not like that anymore. No. <laughs> yeah. Because God showed me. I'm talking about this was years, years ago. Because God showed me how he is with me. That's the way I should be with him. If God don't do that to me, they don't do it to him. If he's merciful to me, be merciful unto him. One time I wanted to spank him so bad. He did something for real though. I just put him a pair of shoes. I pulled him shoes and didn't have me no shoes. And he was a little younger. He got on, he was on a, uh, excuse me, what you call it, uh, a swing. And he stopped the swing with his, the front of his shoes. So he went home with his toes hanging out the shoes. They were open. His, the front of his shoes were open. His toes were hanging out. Hanging out. It wasn't even, the, it wasn't even no socks. I don't know where the socks at. Hanging out. Hole in the socks too. I'm surprised your feet weren't bleeding. When I see him come home, and I said to myself, I was really, my feelings were hurt. I was embarrassed. I see my child walking from all these parents to all the bus. With your shoes hanging out like that. And I said to myself, no one called me and said nothing. They sat there and watched this boy walk around like that. Nobody called and said nothing. God said, shh, don't say nothing. Hallelujah. I'm, I was like, you better give me every switch on a tree. And I want the stem sticking out. Okay, we got berries added. Give me a switch. And he'd give me the smallest ones. No, give me a big one. Some of the skinny ones be, you know, hurt more. But give me, give me three of them. I'm going to tape them together. And I spanked him. And guess what? From that moment forward, I realized I can't do that anymore. 
because somehow I was able to see his thigh and he had whips on it. So if it was still there, that means you were in pain. I know it hurt it when you sat down. I can never do that again. And God talked to me, don't retaliate, period, out of anger. Your child do something you don't like, calm down first. And then you respond. That's why most people would talk before they spank. But knowing me, if I talk, there's no need to spanking. Because by the time I'm finished, you already understand where I'm coming from. I don't ever have to spank and I would never spank any of my kids. No. No. Because we're going to gain an understanding. All the way before you even get here. What I mean by that, before I push you out, we're going to gain that understanding. I used to play games with my son when he's in my belly. I used to look up online all pregnancy games you could play with your fetus and all that. When my when my son first kicked me, I was asleep on the train and he kicked me and I thought the train like jumped or something. Like I thought the train went off the track. That's how hard he kicked. I was like, whoa. I started looking around. We all right? What happened? What's going on? Whole time my son kicked me for the first time. I didn't know what a kick feel like. And he kicked hard. He didn't kick soft for the first time. He kicked hard. I was like, oh my God, we all right? Everybody, everybody's gonna be like, you know, people still looking at their paper and when they cell phone, like, what, you know, no one paying me no mind. I'm like, you know, we all right? It's an earthquake. You know, my son kicked me. And they had this game called Count How Many Times Your Child Move Within an Hour. I was, I was counting Roman numerals on paper. Oh my gosh, y'all. He done moved over 60 times in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Very energetic baby inside. I mean, seriously. And one time the doctor told me that my blood was a little low. I had to drink, you know, they want to really build up my iron. They say you get iron pills, but they, you know, they cause constipation sometimes. He said, okay, well, you have to drink a glass of red wine. No more than an eight-ounce glass of red wine. And that's going to build your iron up very fast. I said, drink red wine. Red wine. That's it. Eight-ounce glass. No more. It's not going to harm your baby. It's not. It's not. I drank that eight-ounce of red wine. He said, got to be red. I went back the next day. He was like, oh, baby David, I don't see you moving around too much today. I said, must be... You know, must be the wine. <laughs> you understand? Because I was tipsy all that good glass of wine. My God, eight ounces. I don't drink, you know. I'm pregnant. And, he, you know, he was still feeling it too. What you feel, your baby feel. I was like, oh, my God, he must be, you know, a little tipsy. Oh, God, poor baby. You okay in there? You understand? Seriously, he was moving so much. People would look at me and see my stomach just going for it. Like, they see arms and feet kicking at the same time. They're like, oh my God, Q, how you deal with that? This is my, my stomach going everywhere. And I'm like, oh my God, this point just keep moving too much. I don't eat sugar that much. But the thing is, I did eat donuts. I crave the same thing every day. How am I talking about my son, y'all? Just listen, I Just listen, I <laughs> I ate the same thing every day the whole pregnancy. In the morning, a sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich. 
and a donut and two bags of Fritos and for lunch. I mean, it's whatever from there. But in the morning, I had to have that in the morning. I had to have a solid egg and cheese, you know, toast, you know, on toast. And, you know, two bags of Fritos, barbecue Fritos, and a donut every morning. I ate that every morning with that boy. And I ate a lot of chicken. And I was like, oh, God, a lot of chicken. Yeah, I'm just so honored to be his mom because at one point it was like when he was younger, I was like, you just seem to do everything wrong. Like, you're just not an easy kid that to raise. You do, you're doing everything wrong. Why? And there are many of us as parents who feel like, you know, we don't like our kid. You do everything wrong. And they had to realize, wait. I saw a picture of him. He was like less than two. He looked very neglected. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to click in my baby. Come here, come here, baby. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Because he was so busy, I would either have him in a playpen, a walker. It was something that restrained him because he moved around too much. Then I realized, oh my God, maybe that's why he moved around even more because he's restrained. You know, it's like, oh God. But I just thank God. You know, we learn as parents. We learn. We really learn. And I, I will never forget that I was giving him a piece of uh, one of the Gerber little biscuits, you know, and I put my beer, you know, on his, you know, uh, what you call it, high chair, thinking that, you know, I could hurry up and give him his biscuit. I turned around just to get something very quickly, and I looked up, he had the beer can to his mouth, and he drunk some beer. I said, oh, God, I don't know why, why would I put that right there, you know? Just, just you know, testifying, you know, careless mistakes we make as parents. But guess what? We learn from them, right? Come on now. It's awesome being a parent. You know, we got to know that. It's awesome when we know what kind of kids we have. Because the devil tried it with me and my child. Look at him. You don't want to have him. And look, this, this, and the family this, and the father this, and this, and this, and this, and that. You're not even married, this and that, 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 you know? Nah, I love my kid. It wasn't always that way. I always did love him, but I'm saying, you know, I neglected him a little bit, but I took care of him, but I was like, I was in the emotional part. You know, I didn't, I didn't really want to be bothered. You did everything wrong. I keep getting calls at work, you know, you're not, you know, what's going on with you, kid? You know? Because he needed attention. He wasn't getting attention. You know? I love him. I love my son. I just want to get up here and say these things. You go, you know, guys, it's my time for now. Greater is he in us. He's in the world. Thank you guys so much for listening to me talk about everything. I love you.